You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One out and missed, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, yeah, we are back with a little A's Cast Live here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. Hope everybody is having a great day. As the Athletics are starting a three-game set against the Angels, and then it's four against Texas, and then three against Tampa. Boy, is this a big road trip. We will talk a lot about that and about the MLB draft. We're going to have Tim Mead on, who Tim Mead is one of the truly great guys in all of Major League Baseball. He has basically been in charge of the Angels PR forever, and he now has a new gig So he's going from VP of Communications for the Angels to President of the Baseball Hall of Fame. My number one question is, how the heck are you going to go from Orange County to Cooperstown, New York? You couldn't have two separate places in the United States of America from these two. Orange County, which is beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of great places in Orange County. But it's very plastic, very fake. And then Upper State, New York, Cooperstown, it's only rocking one time a year. One time a year. Cooperstown, during the inductions, is slammed. But it's just a tiny little town of bed and breakfasts, and really the main strip of Cooperstown is, is it's just like one long block, and there's some shops and some restaurants And then at the end is the Baseball Hall of Fame. And there is nothing around Cooperstown. Like, your your, your closest place to Cooperstown that's like any type of a major city, because I've done the flight in there. It's Albany, New York. It's the capital of New York. And that is a sleepy town. So how Tim's going to go from basically Southern California to Upper State New York, that is going to be a major transition. But... He's going to be the caretaker of our game's history. It's a big-time job. Eric Kubota, speaking of big-time job, director of scouting will join us at 445 to talk about the draft. And they're continuing to draft. Mark Kreidler. If you remember 95-7 the game, or up in Sacramento, KHDK, or the ESPN station, Mark Kreidler, for a long time, was a part of the Rise Guys. And Mark is truly, let's face it, not everybody, and I know this is probably not a shocker to you, not everybody in our business is a good guy. 
There's a lot of ego. There's some good guys, but there's a lot of bad guys, too. And I hate to say it. I've always liked to think of myself, obviously, as one of the good guys. But this guy is salt of the earth. And his son just got drafted. He was one of the guys we had Roxy Bernstein on yesterday. And Roxy was down at UCLA. UCLA did beat LMU. They will move on. They're taking on Michigan now in the Super Regional. Mark's son got drafted. And he got drafted really high. And I remember talking to Mark years ago because we worked together probably four years at 95-7 the game. And I remember when his son was leaving their home up in Davis to go to UCLA. Now he's one of the top picks in the draft. So that would be great talking to him. And then Eric Loggenhagen from Fangraphs, who knows all these guys. You know, that's the one thing about the baseball draft. It's hard to find people who really know who these guys are and also the minor leagues. Eric does that with Fangraph, so he will join us. So Meade at 430, Kaboto at 445, Kreidler at 515, and Loggenhagen at 530. So the draft, the first round, it was 22 college players drafted in the first round, 10 high school players taken in the first round, First college pitcher wasn't taken until number seven. First high school pitcher wasn't taken until number 18. And Keith Law of ESPN, and we'll have some stuff from Keith Law later on in the day, and I've always loved having Keith on my shows because he knows. He's a former executive, was with the Toronto Blue Jays. He, 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 he's still a scout at heart. He's a great follow on Twitter and also read his articles on ESPN.com. He called this the worst college pitching crop he has seen in 18 years covering the draft. What does that mean? It means nothing. Projections mean nothing. It's all about what will the guys do once they become professionals. And then he's got some interesting stuff we've got to talk about on the Houston Astros. Remember when we had a lot of fun with the hashtag Lastros? When the A's are kicking the crap out of the Astros, remember that? Had a lot of fun with hashtag Lastros on Twitter. I'm sure if you go back on my timeline, I beat that thing to death. Well, they not, they're not the Lastros anymore, and they are changing the game. Not only what they're doing now, but what they're doing for the future of baseball. They don't even really have scouts. Jeffrey, Lun- Jeffrey Lunau, their GM, They see baseball a completely different way than anybody else. So you really have a lot of pioneers in this game, whether it's the Oakland A's. I think you can say the Tampa Bay Rays are pioneers. I think the Houston Astros are pioneers. I wanted to start today. I wanted to give you that little draft update, but I really wanted to start today on something really sad in Major League Baseball. And what's sad is Andrew McCutcheon, Got hurt last night. You could have saw a lot of the game end up being on uh, the MLB Network because after we got done, I actually went to the gym and they had the game on and the Padres spanked him. Machado with the grand slam. But Andrew McCutcheon got hurt and they did the test today and he has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Man, that just sucks. Because the year he was having, 
and helping the Philadelphia Phillies, 10 home runs, 29 RBIs as a leadoff hitter. Had just signed the deal after being with the Giants and the Yankees for three-year, $50 million. And actually, Commander Cody asked me the question yesterday. We do a little segment called Buying or Selling, and he wanted to know, buying or selling, who was a better deal? Was it Bryce Harper or Andrew McCutcheon? I took Bryce Harper, but I didn't want to be right because McCutcheon would get hurt, and that is really a tough blow. I mean, you think about how pivotal this guy has been to the resurgence of the Pittsburgh Pirates, an MVP, and an MVP candidate in other years. And he's been a he he's been a healthy guy. In ten seasons, he's played one thousand four hundred and fifty two games. He's played at least a hundred and forty games over nine straight seasons, which is tied for the longest streak in Major League Baseball. And the fact that he goes down now really you just you hate to see that. Cause now you don't know. You, you don't know how a guy is going to come back from an injury like this. Yes, medicine is fantastic. You have the best surgeons. You have the best doctors. You have the best rehab. You have the best care in the world being a, a major league player. But he's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 in October. And being a National League guy, he's going to have to play in the outfield. I just hope that this this isn't it for him. I mean, he will come back, but I just don't know what his game will be like when he does come back. And I'm looking at the video of the injury, and whenever you see a guy like that have to be helped off the field as he tried to avoid a tag, and then immediately as he avoided the tag, well, he did get tagged out, He started grabbing at his knee, and then you know. You know you're done. And so many times, too, and I've learned this through the NFL, so many times it's guys that they're able to walk off, so you think, oh, they're good. They're going to be fine. No, that's not a good – it's guys who can't get up that end up being where they don't have structural damage, they don't have ligament damage. It's guys that are able to kind of get up and limp off. I've learned, yeah, the ACL – you're done. So a really tough blow for one of the good guys in Major League Baseball in Andrew McCutcheon. Done for the year. Hopefully he will get back next season and still be a pivotal part for the Philadelphia Phillies. Also some MLB news. And we saw this in Detroit. Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, one of the great right-handed hitter, hitters of all time. He is just not the same. And he doesn't move well anymore. Remember last year he had the injury, the bicep problem, and he was looking to come back and have a big year. But he only has two home runs. Think about that, Miguel Cabrera. We're how many games in? 60, 61 games in? And he's got two home runs? When the A's were there, he had one. Miguel Cabrera only had one home run. And obviously, he's not taking it well because he threw his teammates under the bus and he said, well, hey, look look, look who's look who's behind me. It was a bad look. And I can tell you, 
certain people weren't happy about it. One is the recent Hall of Famer, Jack Morris. And I, we actually saw, Vince and I, we saw a very, I don't want to say it was heated, but you can tell it just wasn't a how you doing today kind of conversation between Jack Morris and Miguel Cabrera. Because Jack Morris is old school. I mean, he's a little bit of a red ass, let's be honest. Jack did not like those comments and went down. And this is, you know, one of the cool things about baseball is you're going to make comments. You're going to have to address the star player. So Jack Morris is not afraid. He went right down, right on the field, and you could tell the way they were talking to each other, it wasn't loves and kisses. And Jack Morris stood stood up and said, hey, man, that's weak. Throwing your teammates under the bus because you only have one home run. Well, now Miguel Cabrera has consulted with not one, not two, not three, but four different surgeons about his knee. And the latest is one we all know, Dr. James Andrews. So I don't know if he's going to get cut on, but he's going to be a DH. And his right knee, another example of you pay a guy huge money because of what he's done in the past. And now where he is as a player at his age, at 36, I mean, is he done? Last year he played in 38 games. This year he's played in 54. And his numbers are nowhere near what he was when he was truly one of the best players in the game, hands down. I mean, the A's, we got to see it in the postseason, what he did for the Tigers. We remember what he did as a uh, as a young kid with the Marlins and what he's battled through in his time. And there's been some rumors that maybe, maybe he's back to doing things off the field that once really hurt his career, allegedly. I hope he's not back on the sauce. But just look at this contract. Well, you know what? We'll do that next. I've done this a lot with Albert Pujols. And now Miguel Cabrera is turning into Albert Pujols. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. 
Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. We will get back into the A's draft, the number one pick here in just a moment. Let's have some fun with numbers. Miguel Cabrera, bad knee, seen four different surgeons, is making $30 million this year. Oh, it gets even better. It really, really gets better. In 2020, he'll be 37 years old. He'll get $30 million. In 2021, at 38 years old, he'll get $30 million. At 20, in 2022, at 39, it's now $32 million. In 2023, at 40, it's another $32 million. My San Jose State math tells me bad knee, banged up, Four years after this year, he's going to get $124 million. Oh, my God. Then it doesn't end there. In 2024, if somehow at 41 years old, if Cabrera, it's a vesting option, if he finishes in the top 10 of MVP voting in 2023, He'll get a kicked-in extra $30 million. And then if he's a top-10 MVP voting in 2023 at 42 years old, he'll get a kicked-in another $30 million. So on top of $124 million, there's still another $60 million. No way he's going to do this. But there could be another $60 million on top of the $124 that's owed after this year. And this year he's making $30 million. So you want to sign your stars, huh? Because everybody wants to have the, well, we, how many times I've heard this with the A's? 
we just don't have, we can't buy a jersey. Well, you want to buy a Cabrera jersey right now? And watch watch him limp around for the next four years at $124 million? So I signing these guys long term is just stupid. It makes no sense. Oh, you want a pool holes jersey right now? Watching him limp around? Unless you're on PEDs, you're not going to get better as you get older. And you're just throwing away money, and now you have to go into rebuild mode. Good luck, Detroit. Okay, a great day yesterday for Logan Davidson. The 29 we wish we would have been on the on the air when he was picked but that draft I you know what so last night I was watching the MLB network and I got to watch some of the draft I I thank my lucky stars we were on the air and I didn't want that had to have been painful to watch I mean, you, you, it, it's not like you're drafting guys that you know you're drafting guys you've never heard of you know, in the in the, at least the first round of the college football draft, if you're a college football fan like I am, you've at least seen these guys. You know, majority of these guys have played on television. They played on CBS, ESPN. You you've seen them at some point. You know the te- you know Alabama, you know Clemson, you know USC, you know Texas, you know, you know. How many of you watched Clemson baseball this year? Was it ever even possible for us to even see a Clemson game in the Bay Area? Logan Davidson, shortstop out of Clemson. I always love the draft analysis. You know what I like about Logan? You know, his father was a former big leaguer. Played six seasons, so he's got the pedigrees. Dad was with the Twins and the Astros. And the other thing I really like about him is he's got tools. He's got a lot of tools. Got a lot of tools in the tool belt. Raw power. I love his speed and his arm strength. The only problem is some people think he's a divisive player because he kills it with the metal bat at Clemson, but then in the summer when he plays with the wood bat, he struggled. But, boy, he's got a lot of upside as a switch hitter. (laughs) The stuff that that people put out, it's unbelievable. I've been doing that. That's a bit I've been doing for years with the NFL draft where you act like you know everybody and you can just read these bios. That's what people do. I will say this. He's got swag. Because seeing the highlights of him, he's bat flipping. He's having a good time. Hit 293, 15 jacks, 55 RBIs as a junior. I mean... When do we want to do the trivia question? I have tickets to give away, by the way. Today. I'm giving away tickets to the next homestand. Today on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. When do you want to do that, Commander Cody? You want to do it right now? I'm going to wait. Five o'clock, I'm going to give out a trivia question. And it is a fabulous trivia question. And, of course, you can always text us, 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. All right, we want to play for you from the MLB Network, Logan Davidson getting drafted and the breakdown on him, and he's actually compared to a former A. With the 29th selection of the 2019 MLB draft, the Oakland Athletics select Logan Davidson, a shortstop from Clemson University. 
The New York Yankees have the next selection. All right, Logan Davidson, he lit it up at, at Clemson for three seasons. Um, although when he went to the Cape, last two summers, it was a different story. He's a switch hitting shortstop plus raw power. Um, Mark DeRosa wants to weigh in. Dero, I have a feeling you really like this pick. I love this selection right here. Logan Davidson, shortstop. Clemson University. Think he's played hard baseball on the weekends. This guy's battled it out. Let's dive into the tape. He's seen big time college baseball. He's got some swag too. Putting on the Clemson white shoes. Watch this. Watch the bat flip right here. Get off me. That thing's gone. Switch hitter, six foot three. Feel up the middle. When I saw him from the right hand side, I know he's a lot taller than Jed Lowry, but it screamed that swing from the right side. So if he can have Jed Lowry's career, I think this is a steal of a pick right here. Again, like I said, big time college baseball, up the middle, soft hands, a big time arm. I hate to say it's a safe pick, but it's a darn good pick. Dero, you're absolutely right. Look, as soon as I said, saw Oakland A's drafted this young man, I thought Jed Lowry. What you got to do is imagine what you've seen before. Switch hitter, college guy. Jed went to Stanford. This guy comes from Clemson. He's got the power. I think that can grow. You can see him moving around the diamond like Jed did. You can imagine that. With, when you look at this player, if you're Oakland sitting in that room, you're looking at a younger version of Jed Lowry. And I, I can see why he landed with their pick. I think it's a great pick. I think it fits everything they're doing. Obviously, I'm a big Oakland fan from last year. Mm -hmm. I just think the fact that they got a guy that fits something they've seen before. You have to be able to project that right. road and this helps him be able to play. Are you worried at all that he struggled two summers in a row with a wood bat? Does that bother you at all? It, it would bother you, but I think he's going to get stronger. If you look at his physique, to me, the wood bat, the translation from metal to wood is all about getting stronger. And I think he's got size where he's going to be able to get a little bit stronger and bigger in the strength. Sure, absolutely. But I, I, I know that Derek and the group there probably vetted that out over and over again. I do agree with H. There's Athleticism in this body, but there's still room to fill and to grow. But yeah, I mean, you you know, when you check off all the boxes, you certainly would have liked to see him perform better. If he performed better in the Cape League, he probably goes a little higher in the draft than he goes. A lot higher. I think he would have gone up with some of those other college infielders that went earlier or on, probably ahead of a guy like Shoemaker or, or like that. That's probably the one thing that held him back. I, I think he's going to figure it out, and it, I don't know if that matters, you know, if he plays short or if he plays secondary ends up moving around, because I think the offensive profile will work. Historically, does it matter? Do you, do you follow up on guys that struggled in the Cape League with a wood bat and go, you know, they do end up struggling in pro ball. Or is there any connection to it? I, I, there is connection. I mean, guys that generally hit in the Cape who also hit during the year tend to perform well right out of the gate. I think there'll be a transition for him over a long period of time. The one thing with anything like the Cape or showcases, it, it's still a relatively small sample size. Yeah. You need to go out and watch him play, give him 500 at-bats with wood in his hands and see, see what happens. Oh, my God nitpicking oh what he did in the cape do you see why they miss on great players all the time do you see why 21 teams passed it was 21 right passed on uh mike trout farhan zaidi we played it for you the other day on with john lund on kmbr told the story about how the A's went and saw Mike Trout. Two games. And they went, eh. 
I guess he didn't play his two best games. And they took, wait for it, Grant Green at a USC over Mike Trout. Do you see why they miss? Listen to that. Well, I, I mean, God, he was great at Clemson, but he went up to the Cape. Cape Cod. What if he turns out? Think about this. Think about what if Logan turns out to be a great player? He had 28 teams passed on him because of the Cape. Some people didn't even bother really to even look at Trout. I'm not going up to New Jersey. It's just, it, it's it, baseball to me is crazy. But more importantly, we now have a new leader for the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's been with the Angels for a long time. He's worked in baseball for 40 years. Tim Mead, who's the VP of Communication for the Angels, is now the new president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, and we'll talk to him next right here. A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com the future is bright in oakland and the east bay Fifteen thousand local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the future a's program presented by kaiser permanente the club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues teams also receive additional benefits and support including development clinics tickets to a's games and more visit athletics.com future for more information it's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shive Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. So we're going to get Tim Mead on the line here. 
He's going to be the seventh president in the 80-year history of the Baseball Hall of Fame. As Jeff Idelson announced in February that he's retiring. He's retiring after the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in July. It's always at the, I think it's always the last weekend in July. I went in 99. I went when George Brett, Nolan Ryan, and Robin Yount went in, and Orlando Cepeda. Just going to give you a little tip. If you're going to go, be prepared for it to be really hot. Upper state New York in the summertime, oh, the humidity. (laughs) It's a whole, but it, it is, it truly is. If you're a baseball fan, it, it, you have to go. You have to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I've been three times. And, you know, my grandfather was the MVP in 1947. My grandfather's in the MVP wing. They've got my grandfather's ball and bat for his 2,000th hit. So there was a great family trip that I went with. my. It was the last trip that I went on with my parents before either my brother and I got married. And then, of course, I went 99 to the inductions. It is just, if you're a baseball fan, it is a must-see. And do we have him? Tim, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. And once again, congratulations on the new gig. Thanks, guys. How are you? Uh, We are doing fabulous. And I I just... Hello? can, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Hello? Yeah, you can hear me? You know what? We'll call you right back. We'll call you right back. See? It's a new show. He's still there. You hung up on him? We're using millennial technology, by the way. This is all stuff that uh, is new. It's not because we're not, we're streaming. We're not a regular radio station. So it's, uh, (laughs) it's a different deal. But what a responsibility for Tim. Pretty amazing. You know, he's worked in baseball for 40 years, all with the Angels. And, I, you know, and, and everybody will tell you, whenever you've dealt with the Angels, I mean, it's first class. Absolutely first class. And I bet the Angels are bummed that he's leaving. I mean, a guy's been with you for 40 years. He was, he, was, he was even assistant general manager in 1994 through 97 before he got into communications. But he's been a VP, a vice president, for a major league baseball team for 22 years. That is what you call a heck of a run. So we're going to try and get Tim on. So if you get a chance, it's not easy to do. But you got to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And one of the things that I would recommend is it's not like California, obviously. You can get around. It's not too bad. So, for instance, in 99, when we landed, we immediately rented a car in Albany, New York, and then got on the Mass Pike and went up to Boston and hit a Red Sox game. Then we hung out, all my all, all the Townsends are out that way, so we hung out with our family. And then we drove down to New York, went to a Yankee game, 
drove back up to upper. So basically you drive through New Jersey to get back up to upper state New York and did the Hall of Fame induction, drove back through New Jersey down to New York and saw a Met game at Shea. Everything is just a couple hours. That's just crazy. It's not like if you're like, oh, yeah, you know, like like San Diego from where I am is like seven and a half hours. Now you can get to everywhere really like two, two hours. We're not going to have him. Well, that was great. I want to talk a little baseball Hall of Fame with the guy who's going to be running it. If we can't get Tim on today, I'm going to be in Anaheim on Thursday. We'll be doing this show live from the Big A. I'm flying down on Thursday to catch up with the team. And then I'm going to be doing a little uh, play-by-play with Vinny because Ken is not going to make the trip. Of course, Ken is stiffing me with the uh, Texas trip and the doubleheader in the heat. So maybe we, if we don't get Tim today, maybe we can connect with him on Thursday at the ballpark. Because it's a big-time job. A lot of responsibility. And that museum, that museum is our game's history. And every, I mean, they've got everything in there. They have this timeline through the history of baseball. And you're walking through. And if they got like Cy Young's license plate, 511 for his 511th wins. It's that kind of stuff. It's just not all bats and balls. They have these great bracelets that are from players' wives. They got a bunch of them from Yankees. Because back in the day, like my grandmother had these. Back in the day, they gave the wives of the players all these charms and that they would put on the bracelets for World Series and All-Star Games and you know special accomplishments. And you think the Yankee wives, when they're winning all those World Series and all those guys are going to All-Star Games, they have some of the charm bracelets of the Yankees' wives, and you're like, wow, that is awesome. The history of the game, everything in it is there. And they rotate the stuff, too. That's why it like never gets old. They've got so much stuff that they're constantly rotating it. So you can go back every so many years, and you're going to see new stuff. That's so why I love going to museums when I'm on the road. I did the Negro League Museum when I was with the Raiders in Kansas City. If you're ever in Kansas City, I highly recommend that. And right next door to it is the Jazz Museum. And I'll never forget walking in, and the young lady says, it was like eight bucks to get in. And she goes, you know, for 15, you can do both museums. I said, $15? 15, 15 bucks? <laughs> Seriously. That night, what my bar tab was going to be when Notre Dame was taking on Clemson on a Saturday in Kansas City. 15 I'm like, of course I'll do it. So they're right next to each other. It's awesome. You go into the Negro League Museum. You check all of that out. You learn so much. And we're going to have him on. I'll, I'll never forget. I'm standing there, and I'm close to this room that's showing this video of the history of the ne- Negro Leagues. And I, and I go, I know that voice. 
And that voice was Marty Lurie, our old friend Marty Lurie, and Vita Blue. So they narrate the history of the Negro Leagues. And you learn so much about how successful that league was back in the day and how it was just, it was incredible because the league, I mean, obviously with African-American players, everybody African-American who worked in, in the stands and the leagues, and it was very, very successful. I mean, you learn so much about our country and how it changed. And once with Jackie, I mean, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier that was before even our own military. The United States military wasn't integrated yet. You really realize Jackie Robinson didn't change baseball. He helped change the world. And I'm not overstating that. Think about that. You had white soldiers were not with black soldiers yet. Like, I, I had no clue. It was either two years or three years after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball did our own United States military change. That's powerful stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you see when you go to these museums. And by the way, the Jazz Museum, I mean, all the different stuff, like Ella Fitzgerald's gowns, I mean, they got all kinds of... I highly recommend when you go on the road research, and yes, you want to have fun on vacation, but you also can learn on vacation. But hopefully we will connect with Tim. Maybe we can try on Thursday when I'm down there, when we're doing the show from the Big A. Coming up next, do I need to cross my fingers? Everybody out there, cross your fingers. Eric Caboto. Director of Scouting for your Oakland Athletics is supposed to join me next. We'll talk about the draft, the draft picks. A lot of people are not really high on this year's draft. But when you're Eric, bottom line is you got to find players. And he's been one of the best in the business doing it, and he's been doing it for the A's for a long time. We'll talk to him next right here, A's Cast Live. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Now back to A's Cast Live, broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Eric Kubota has been with the Athletics for 30, I think it's 35 seasons. And this is going to be his 18th year, Director of Scouting. That's what's so phenomenal about this organization is you got like Keith Lippman. I'm looking at Keith. He's been here. This is his 49th year. I mean, the longevity of some of these people working inside the organization is absolutely unreal. And we're going to have to ask Eric if there's anything like uh, Moneyball being said in their war room. 
if the word fa- if the name Fabio comes up. <laughs> you know, we've had those clips for you that have been really funny. Do we have one? Go ahead. You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. <laughs> He's got an ugly girlfriend. Well, what does that mean? I mean, he lacks confidence. Got an ugly girlfriend. What's that mean? Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. I'm just saying. His girlfriend is a six at best. <laughs> oh, God. Moneyball was a great flick. Play, play my favorite one. Play my favorite one. This is, this, this is the best. This is the best. I mean, he's the kind of guy who walks into a room. His d- already been there for two minutes. <laughs> oh, God. So, we'll see what uh, Eric thinks about this year's draft. And they got a lot more players to pick as we've gone through a couple rounds. And what he really loves about his number one pick. And we'll ask him, you know, as, as everybody said, the criticism is how he struggled in the cape with the wood bat. And how does that play when you're looking at Logan Davidson? Tyler Baum, a junior right-handed pitcher out of North Carolina, was pick number 66 in the second round. Both these guys, your first and second round picks, uh, Eric talked about yesterday in his press conference that they've been looking at both of these guys since high school. And that's really, you know, you scout somebody in high school, you may draft somebody at a high school or someone else has drafted them. They don't go and sign. They go to college. And, you, you, you know, that area scout sits on the guy for the next three years. And so both the top two picks they've really liked. Third round, Marcus Smith, high school outfielder from Kansas City. He's committed to play baseball at Michigan with the fourth pick in fourth round pick, I should say, for the A's. Kyle McCann out of Georgia Tech. He's a catcher, big time power, 23 home runs. And he was a guy that sat behind, if you know anything about barrier baseball, Joey Bart, who was the number one pick for the San Francisco Giants last year. So you sit by and Bart, people think they think he's gonna be a star. So Kyle McCann could potentially be a future catcher. Jalen Greer, fifth round selection at a St. Rita High School in Illinois. So two shortstops off the board. He's committed to play baseball at Missouri. That's another thing, hopefully, we will get into with Eric Caboto is about Eric Kubota, that we, uh, when you when you draft these guys, and they have these commitments, the high schoolers, the juniors are signing. This is this is this. You get drafted as a junior out of college in college baseball. You're signing because you don't sign, you now have no leverage, and next year you probably won't get drafted as high as a senior. But you have to wonder, these high school guys will all be committed to somewhere. The high-round picks, so like Jalen Greer committed to Missouri, 
if you're going to take him with the fifth, with your with your with, in the fifth round, you hopefully have a commitment from the family to your scouts that oh yeah, he's going to sign. Seth Schumann, right-hander out of Georgia Southern, went sixth in the sixth round. He also played quarterback as a freshman. 72 passes resulting in one TD and three INTs. Seventh pick, or seventh round, I should say, another catcher, Drew Millis out of Missouri State. And then the eighth round, Oakland selects another high schooler out of Arizona, D. Cocheca, Jose D. Cocheca. I hope I'm saying that right. And we'll see if he's committed to play anywhere. Do we have Eric? He's really, really low. Eric, can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm great. This is your time of the year. This is like Christmas Day for you. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it is. This is the day after Christmas, really. Yesterday is a big is would really be Christmas Day, but talk to us about Logan Davidson. You, you you mentioned yesterday that you've been scouting him since high school. Were you surprised that he fell to you at twenty nine? And how excited were you when he was there? I, I think we were definitely uh, pleasant. We were pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, he's a guy that was prognosticated to go anywhere from the teens to just in front of us. So we were certainly. Uh, surprised he got there and very excited that he did. I mean, he's a guy we kind of targeted. We had seen since high school, but uh, early in the spring, we had targeted him as a potential fit, and it's nice when things work out like that. And there's a comparison out there right now to Jed Lowry as a switch hitter and Jed coming out of Stanford. Do you see a comparison to Jed Lowry with Logan? Yeah, I guess that's a possibility. The The one thing to remember about Jed is he never played shortstop in college. So um, Logan is already a shortstop. Um, He's a very good shortstop. I did see yesterday uh, that he compared himself to Corey Seager. So maybe somewhere in between, you know, obviously if he can end up with with Jed's bat, that would be a a win. And, uh, you know, shortstop defense would be great as well. And a lot of people were bringing up yesterday, I don't think it's really fair, but they brought it up, is that he struggled for two years in the Cape Cod League when he wasn't using a metal bat. Did you have any concern about that? Um, you know, in a perfect world, we, we would have um, loved to have him uh, succeed at a higher rate in the Cape. But at the same time, we evaluated him in the Cape. And, and as far as, uh, as evaluating his physical ability, I mean, we were uh, we saw everything we wanted to see there. Um, and I, I think Logan himself said, you know, part of his struggle in the Cape was just getting used to different surroundings. And, and he's a very routine-oriented uh, player, and it was harder for him to stay in his routine in the Cape than it is at Clemson. And I think about shortstops, and I compared it to tight ends in the NFL draft. A lot of people like to take tight ends because there's a lot of different things you can do with them. You can make them a tight end. You can beef them up and make them a lineman. You can make them a defensive end or a linebacker. And I think about that with shortstops. Shortstops usually are the best athletes on the field with center fielders, and you can take a shortstop and, and have them do a lot of different things like Chad Pender. Is that something you guys like taking shortstops because of their athletic ability and versatility? 
Well, generally, um, shortstops and center fields, like you said, are the best players on their team, whether it's high school or college. So, and that applies to you know you'll see when when you look down our draft at, at some of the high school kids we drafted, they're center fielders and and shortstops. So they're they're you know over time the shortstop and the center fielder is generally the best player on their team. So that's that's kind of where we gravitate towards. So I look at some high school guys that you took. I look at Marcus Smith out of Kansas City, who's committed to play at Michigan. I look at Jalen Greer out of Illinois, who's committed to play at Missouri. When you're going through the draft process with high schoolers and you know they have a scholarship and they're signed to go somewhere, how do you go about that when you're taking a guy that high to make sure that you know that he's going to sign? Yeah, most of these kids nowadays have advisors, and there's a lot of conversation that we have. Um you know, to, to get to the point where we feel feel comfortable about their uh, intention to sign a professional contract. So uh, there's just a lot of conversation, um, you know, and, and every high school player who's been drafted in the last two days was probably committed somewhere. Um, so it's not unusual for guys to commit and sign. And, and um, in fact, it's, it's more the norm. And we just have, uh, we spend a lot of time uh, getting to know the kids and talking to them and also talking to their advisors. So we, by the time we get to picking them, we feel pretty comfortable that we can get something done. Tyler Baum out of North Carolina, you took in the second round, a very accomplished college pitcher. Tell us about this right-hander. Yeah, just super athletic, instinctive. Uh, he's got the, a big fastball, a uh, power breaking ball, uh, but we certainly really, really like the athleticism and the stuff. When you take a college guy, it's it's far different projecting him to the big leagues versus a high school guy. So if you're a if you're a high pick as a college player, what is usually the standard when you want to see him get to the big leagues? That's hard to say. I mean, I, I think every kid has their own timeline. We don't like to put a, a, our own timeline on them. Some kids take longer. Some some kids get there quicker. Um, obviously, the college guys have three years of development uh, already behind them, um, you know, at, at the college level. And they've had three years of, of maturation, both emotional and physical. So they have a head start, but I don't think anyone here likes to put uh, force anyone into a timeline. I mean, I think it just, each kid has their own. And we know your fourth round selection, Kyle McCann, it's always tough when you're playing at a big program and you're sitting behind a guy like Joey Bart, who was a top pick last year by the San Francisco Giants, but he got his chance to play. Tell us about this catcher. Looks like he's got big-time power. Yeah, big power. And even last year when he wasn't catching, he was he was DH to play in first base, and he showed us the, the ability with the bat and the power. Um he carried that on to his junior year, and and he got behind the plate and did a did a great job. And uh, you know that's that's a valuable thing, a, a catcher with with offensive uh, impact. And let's end on this. It was funny before you came on. We were playing clips from Moneyball in the old draft room in Moneyball, where they're talking about the guy's girlfriend's ugly, so he he doesn't have confidence. And he, he who's Fabio? It's some of the great stuff. And and. Uh, uh, and also talking about how you can't put a team together, Billy Bean, because of a computer. When, when, when I think about analytics now, and you have more information on these players than ever before, how much do you use analytics now in the draft compared to what you did years ago? Yeah, um, yeah it's it's a whole different world. I mean, when I first started here at the A's, we didn't even, we had one computer in the whole office. So um, things have changed. We have so much more information. 
Um, what we try and do here as scouts is, is it's a really difficult job trying to predict the future on 18 and 21 year old kids. And, you know, any information that we can get, we're going to, we're going to use to, to try and make the most educated decisions. So, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even com- compare the draft now to when I started here 30 years ago. Eric, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much and good luck for the rest of the draft. All right, Chris. Thanks. Eric Kubota, Director of Scouting. Been with the organization 35 years and Director of Scouting for 18. Think about that. They had one computer. One computer. I remember when Reggie McKenzie took over for the Raiders. They didn't even have computers. Everything was still done by paper for the draft. It's just it's crazy how sports has taken so long to evolve to technology. Now everybody's all in. And wait, a little bit later from now, we're going to talk about how the Houston Astros are really changing the game. Keith Law, we got a great clip from him from ESPN about where the Astros are taking this. And if the Astros continue to dominate, you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to follow suit. All right, so we got the interview on, so that means Tim Mead, we're finally going to get him. The man who's going to be taking over as the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com groups. Athletics.com groups. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today.
Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shive Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yelich! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. Tim Mead is going to join us in minutes. I want to give away a pair of tickets. Got a little trivia question for you. In honor of Logan Davidson, switch hitter out of Clemson. Since 1900... How many switch hitters have won the batting title? 127 batting titles. How many have been won by switch hitters? You have to text 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. First person to answer how many switch hitters have won the batting title, you'll win a pair of my tickets. Because I want to take care of you people. Because we appreciate everybody listening. It really means a lot to us as we're trying to grow this thing and trying to build this thing. A's cast live. Tim Mead, finally, we, we got him on the phone. I think this is going to work. Tim, how are you? Good, guys. I'll tell you what, I, I, I love the first intro. I'm sorry we had to get cut short there. Yeah, well, you know, I, when I saw you, you've been great to us over the years, it's going to be sad to see you leave the Angels after all these years, but to become the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, what was that process like? Because what a responsibility this job is. Well, I, I tell you, I, I would like to sit here and say it was a, a long, drawn-out process, but it kind of came together very quickly. In essence, Jeff Idelson has been a friend of mine for 30-plus years, and Jeff came out to spring training to, to conduct some business and pulled me aside and, and just asked me if, if I would be interested, uh, that I would be you know, his choice and recommendation to Jane Forbes Clark. And we had a good talk. Um, I thought about it for about six, seven days and hemmed and hawed and, and just realized I have a new grandson, my family, and this is my second family here with the angels. And I just called them back and said, I, I, Jeff, I just can't, I can't do it. Um, as hard a decision as it was. And it was a very emotional decision to turn it down. Um, and then two days later, I, I received a text from, from Jane Forbes Clark and gave her a call. And she said that, uh, you know, I appreciate the consideration and just asked if there was a, a slight opening in my mind for a conversation. And, 
I said, certainly. So, you know, cutting to the chase, I flew to Fort Lauderdale and Wellington and met with her for two and a half hours. And then on the way, uh, just catching my return flight, I was at the airport and I called her because my sentiment was that I was there going there just to allow her to, to determine whether I would be a candidate for the interview process. And I, I asked her the question, if, if, uh, you know, if, if my family is in agreement with this, when would it start? And she said, well, I've called the members of the, uh, you know, the selection committee and told them I'm offering you the job. So it's yours if you want it. Wow. Powerful stuff. And the baseball hall of fame means so much to, to us baseball fans. And for me and my family personally, after my grandfather's career, we have a lot of stuff of my grandfather's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I've been very fortunate to go down below into the bowels of the Hall of Fame and see how they store everything. And, you know, it, it, this is how our game is protected and the history of our game is protected. That has to excite you so much that you're going to be the curator of this wonderful museum. Well, I, I think it's and I appreciate that, but I, I'm looking at it as for the last 40 years, I've been part of a team. Um, year in and year out, and things change. I'm going to Cooperstown to join a tremendous team that's in place already. Jeff certainly did a, a fantastic job during his tenure, and and the the folks that preceded him did as well. I'm going there with eyes wide open and ears wide open to learn. Um, I, I understand the responsibility, and there's going to be a lot of different aspects of it. Uh, but ultimately, as I've said many times, that, that we live our lives very much in the present. And, you know, with our eyes a little bit on the future. But but now I have an opportunity to go back and live in the past a little bit. And I think uh, somebody des- described it today. It's a it's a romantic place to be, uh, knowing the responsibility to protect history, the, the history. You know, baseball represents so much of our society. So I, I look at it as not just the world of baseball, but but really a lot of uh, Americana as well. You have done so much work with the angels over the years and you've had multiple roles and you've been with them for 40 years what do you think is going to be the toughest thing for you leaving what is a great organization the day i uh the day i walk out the door and uh have a check behind me for the last time you know i've described it as right now i'm uh, you know i'm one of the children of the angels when i come back i'll probably be one of the cousins but i you know i i think the hardest thing will be leaving the people because that's, that's inclusive of ushers and the, the house cleaners and the ticket takers and the parking lot attendants, as much as it is Mike Trout, Albert Pools, Shoei Otani, Cole Calhoun. And I, I really do mean that. I, I, I look at everybody as very, very similar. We have different responsibilities and status, but at the end of the day, we're just, uh, we're all people. And I've been blessed to be around some very, very good people. What also is interesting about this job is the transition of moving. And I guess I know a lot about Orange County and I know a lot about Cooperstown, New York. You <laughs> couldn't find two places totally different. What do you think that's going to be like for you? Well, I will tell you, out of out of all the emails and texts and messages that I received, it was, hey, congratulations, but what about the weather? And uh, I would tell you that uh, my winter wardrobe for Southern California um, – Probably will work in August in Cooperstown, but uh, I'll be doing some shopping. And, you know, everybody generally tries to come east to west if they're going to semi, you know, slow down. It's going to be a challenge and, you know, it's going to be a a welcomed opportunity. And uh, I'm looking forward to 
you know, my wife is just retired as a school teacher, so she's going to be coming out for pockets at a time, and, and I'm going to try to come back to California as frequently as I can. So, you know, for whatever cold spells I go through, I'll warm up occasionally uh, throughout the winter. Well, you, here. you've been a class act, and you've been good to all of us in Major League Baseball over the years. Congratulations on this wonderful opportunity, and actually I'll see you on uh, Thursday, the last game of this three-game set. But thank you so much for taking the time. I look forward to it, and thank you guys for all you do for the game as well. Thank you, Tim. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. How cool is that? What do you do for a living? I'm the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Wow. I'm telling you, you got to go. It's a special, special place. Get a bed and breakfast. It's a little town. It's like, it's like, it's, it really is like going back. I, you know what? It's like a little Tahoe. There's a lake there. There's a golf course on the lake. But it is like going back in time. By the way, whoever te- who's texting me from uh, 808 area code, mahalo back at you. We do have a winner of the trivia question. Is that correct, Commander Cody? The answer, how many switch hitters, and some, whoever won totally guessed. Do you have a name? Do we have an official name? Yes, it is Coliseum Carl is the winner of the tickets. The correct answer was 13 switch hitters have won a batting title. 13. That's a good guess, Carl Coliseum Carl. Congratulations, you have won the tickets. We're going to try and give away a lot of stuff here because we're going to reward you guys for being loyal to us and helping us build A's Cast Live and A's Cast on TuneIn. Well, joining me next is going to be a lot of fun. As I said, not everybody in this business is good people. My next guest is a radio slash sports writer slash author, truly one of the great people in our game. Here in the Bay Area, you'll remember him from the Rise Guys on 95.7 The Game and also Sports 1140 KHDK and ESPN Radio in Sacramento. Mark Kreidler is going to join me. And not only are we going to reminisce about the good old times, more importantly, his son and the UCLA Bruins just beat LMU, so they're going to host the Super Regional at Jackie Robinson Stadium against Michigan. And his son was just selected by the Detroit Tigers, pick number 112. We knew he was going to go high. And I bet Daddy's just beaming right now. I wish we still had the questions for Kreidler. Questions for Kreidler. Answer me now. Back in the day, I hated doing mornings. I hated it. Every single time I had to do mornings, it was like I was forced into it. But all the time, it'd be like when Whitey would be out of the Rise Guys, they'd have me come in. So I did a lot of shows with them. Super guy Mark Kreidler. We'll talk to him next, next right here on Ace Cast Live. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. 
This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A-Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A-Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to nestbedding.com betting.com looking to take a's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of taking effect green and gold history a season on the road and more visit athletics.com slash podcasts today now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat drink and cheer the a's right from these amazing new half moon tables with awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stopper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. One of the cool things about yesterday is watching all the families. Because you know it's mom, it's dad, it's grandma, it's grandpa, and all the people involved driving you to games, driving you to showcases, travel ball, these guys all play now. What it means for the parents that your son is getting an opportunity to play professional baseball. Same thing for the drafts and NBA, hockey, National Football League. It's very, very special. It's a special time. And all that hard work that the kid puts in and all the hard work that the parents put in. And you think about, and you see the young girls, like the sisters, you know, they were dragged to all these games that their brother played in and how proud they are to see their son, grandson, brother, whoever it is, get drafted. It's such a cool moment. And I think, I remember, 
I remember when we were talking about his son playing high school baseball. I remember when his son committed to UCLA, and now his son is a fourth-round pick. Crides, I got to tell you, congratulations. I just think UCLA and the Super Regional, they won, they beat LMU, but what a day for you, your wife, your family, to have your son get drafted by the Detroit Tigers in the fourth round. Congratulations. If you are satisfied with your message, that's not cries. <laughs> Commander Cody, you're working hard today, my friend. We'll figure it out. It's only the second week. I mean, the great thing is, is that we're just streaming. So if there are things that go wrong, technically there's no FCC. We can kind of do whatever we want. We're getting used to the technology here. Wait till Thursday, and I'm doing the show from Anaheim. What possibly could go wrong? (laughs) Vinny's going to join me on uh, Thursday, as will be the final game of the three-game set between the Athletics and the Angels. I've got some nuggets for you today on this game. By the way, the Angels are playing better baseball. And this road trip for the A's, this road trip for the A's is big. And I was talking about it with Korak. I'm very curious to see when this team gets done with Tampa and when the plane arrives on Wednesday night and I wake up on June 13th and we're going to have a full show that day, what's the A's record going to be? What's the A's record going to be after three in Anaheim, four in Texas, and three in Tampa? That is – now, we know they traditionally go off sometime in June. Hopefully it's now. This is a road trip that can make you. This is a road trip that can bury you. And for the Athletics, hopefully, after their last – road trip where after losing the first two in Seattle, they became unbeatable when they took care of the Tigers and they took care of the Cleveland Indians. Because I got to tell you, the Houston Astros, they're not slowing down. I got some notes on them too. The Astros have won four straight on the West Coast. They are 10-1 and one on the West Coast this year. Seattle, Oakland, and Anaheim. 10 and 1. How good are the Astros in division? The Astros are 19 and 5 in division. If you think they're going to come back to the pack, you're kidding yourself. You're going to have to beat them and chase them down. And they're out, they're without Correa, Altuve, and Springer, and they just keep winning. By the way, you know who stinks? That would be the Seattle Mariners. We're not going to have Crides? Crides me a river? Keeps going the voicemail. I have to leave him a Crides me a river voicemail. Crides me a river. Rise, guys. Good people. So get that, get that, uh, get the sound ready for this, for Keith Law. So the Astros bullpen right now, 
They've allowed just two runs in 16 innings the last four games. The Astros' bullpen leads the majors with an ERA of 2.78 and a batting average against at 205. They're not they're not your Lastros anymore. They're now the come in and kick kick you you know where. They kick you right in the fanny. But they do things differently. And are they changing the way that we look at acquiring players? Here is Keith Law from ESPN talking about scouts. Who needs scouts? They don't scout. They really they don't have fewer scouts than any other organization by a pretty wide margin. And I think they've kind of made it clear that their belief is you don't really need to scout players live. I didn't see Astros people other than kids shooting video pretty much the entire spring. And I would say these are two picks that reflect a philosophy that that is uh, not scout centric. It's analytics plus what they call video scouting, which fine. I mean, trust me, I watch players on video. I'm still doing it this morning. It's not that I think there's no value to that. I do think there is additional value to seeing players live, seeing them repeatedly, seeing them in game situations, and then the work that scouts do to get to know players, uh, to meet with them and meet with the families, talk to their coaches, maybe talk to teammates. It's not just makeup, but just trying to understand uh, they put, put the performance and the skills you see into some kind of greater context. The Astros have decided that that's not important. That's fine. That's their philosophy. I totally disagree with it. It's why their two picks stand out from all the 29 other teams. This, this is a club that is clearly drafting according to an entirely different playbook. How about that? We don't need scouts. We'll just pay a bunch of kids to... It's it's we're gonna pay kids to get to get us video. So you're gonna designate okay. I like I like somebody. All right. For example, you call somebody up. You probably have a way to contact people who can do video for you. Pretty easy. There's tons. There's video companies in every single town. You call them up and say, hey. I want you to go over to Cal, we'll get you a press pass, and we want you to take video of Corey Lee, the catcher out of Cal. So you're not paying a scout. You're not paying a scout full-time. You're not paying a scout. You're not paying the insurance. You're not paying the retirement. You're You're just paying independent contractors to take a camera and shoot the player and then send it to us. So, for example... On MLB.com, Corey Lee at a Cal. This is what it says about him. That's two Golden Bear hitters in the first round, and this one was less obvious than Andrew Vaughn. That said, Lee, who is number 119 in our rankings, is a catcher with plenty of power and an exceptional strong arm in a draft that's really light on catchers. He also improved as a hitter over the course of the season. So in MLB, the MLB guys got him ranked at 119, and the Astros took him at 32. The ball explodes off his back. Can't hit the curveball. I mean, it's a kind of. That's the uh, that's the. Can we go? Can we go to the A's war room? Go to the A's war room. 
I mean, he's the kind of guy walks into a room, his already been there for two minutes. There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. Courtesy of the A's war room right now. That's going on right now. You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. Think about what Eric Kubota said. When he started, they had one computer. One computer? One computer. You went from no one had a computer to you had one computer to now where the Houston Astros are saying, we don't even need scouts. Who's Fabio? I don't know who Fabio is. They don't use scouts. That's crazy. The game is evolving. It's We can't say it enough. The game is evolving in all aspects. And trust me, it's just not Major League Baseball. You know, people talk about analytics. Two years ago, you know which franchise won? It's, I can't remember what the award is. It's somewhere in the Northeast where they give out the award, but they give out the top analytic franchise in sports. Two years ago. It's a Sloan Analytics Conference. Is right? that what it is? Yeah. I, two years ago, you know who won it? The Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. See, now that everybody's a Warrior fan, oh, it's the Warriors. We're all a Warrior fan. Yeah, they use analytics too. They're the they're what the, they're arguably the most analytic driven team. The Houston Rockets and Daryl Morey get the get really the call for that. But no, the 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 Warriors are the Warriors are just like everybody else. Everybody's using analytics. And that's why I always laugh when I get calls in the post game show. I'm tired of the front office messing with Bob Melvin. Well, the front office is messing with Steve Kerr, and I think you guys all seem to think that works. Highly analytic-driven, the Golden State Warriors. Everybody's doing it. And that truly is the bottom line. Coming up next, we're going to really break down the players that the Athletics took because Eric Loggenhagen is going to hopefully, once again, cross your fingers, hopefully is going to join us. He's from Fangraphs. We'll break down how the A's have done in the draft so far next, right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. 
Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com slash raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Don't forget, coming up here at 6.05, we'll have A's Total Access. Getting you ready for the A's and the Halos. Game one of a three-game set from Angel Stadium. And speaking of the draft, Griffin Canning will be going for the Angels. He is the first draft pick that Billy Epler, their GM, has drafted and made to the major leagues. Epler's an interesting guy. Maybe I'll try and get him on. Uh... Eric Loggenhagen's going to join us here in just a second. Maybe we'll get Billy because I've gotten to know him a little bit. You get to know GMs because I always do the pre pregame and postgame through the years from their box. <laughs> so they always come in. It's the funniest thing in the world. Like, I'll be doing radio, and all of a sudden a GM comes in, he looks at me, and goes, and they'll look at the door and go, like, am I in the right spot? And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, i got to do the radio show in your box. I've actually kicked GMs out of their box to start the postgame show. Even during the playoffs, Dave Dombrowski, swear to God, game four, Coco hits the walk-off, and Dave stayed in there with, with his with his assistant general managers, and I had to go in and go, gentlemen, unless you want to hear me taking phone calls from a rowdy A's group, you, you might want to leave. Let's talk a little bit about the draft. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. Eric, are you there? No dice. Cody. Man, you are steeruggling today. 
going to take a while to get all the kinks out. Don't worry. I'll just keep talking. I, we've had Eric on before. Eric's also good buddies with Roxy Bernstein. Eric Loggenhagen from Fangraphs. Do we have him now? Eric, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Beautiful. Hey, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. So what do you think so far about the Oakland Athletics and their draft, especially with their number one pick, Logan Davidson? Right. I, Davidson's, you know, a, a good large conference performer. He fits on the infield somewhere, if not shortstop, then uh, second or third base, certainly. He's got a big frame. He's got uh, uncommon power for someone who has that sort of defensive profile. And we had him ranked 29th on our board at Fangraphs, and he was picked 29th. Wow, that doesn't happen often, does it? No, I guess, I mean, well, not all the way back at 29, I suppose. Like, we had Adley Rutschman number one, and so, like, that that went according to plan. Uh, we had Bobby Witt number two, so, like, that, you know. So, it happens all over the place, just not typically that deep in the round. It's just a coincidence. Yeah, and, and for the A's, I think they were a little shocked that he was still there at number 29. Yeah, this is the type of player who typically buoys up round one. You know, as guys start to come off the board, teams lose a little certainty. Guys that they were targeting get picked ahead of them, and you run towards safety with college bats. And we start to see big school performing middle infielders like this come off the board earlier than 29 as teams, you know, they they run to these guys because they're, they're typically safe, quick-moving uh, types of picks, picks that don't get you fired. So, yeah, this is, I thought it was good value at 29. And, you know, the one criticism, and I want your opinion on this, is that he didn't hit really well in the Cape Cod League with the wood bat. Does that concern you? The sample is, like, if we're looking at statistics and we want the sample to be pretty large, and there's just no such thing as a large statistical sample uh, at Cape Cod. If you told me that you had like a trackman unit at his, uh, you know, at his Cape Cod field, and that the exit velos with wood were bad, then maybe I'd be concerned about that. But uh, just you know, twenty or thirty games on the Cape is not really enough to to derive any real information from statistically. And you, you mentioned his frame, so he has a he has a lot of growing he can do, putting on weight and putting on muscle if he has that kind of frame, correct? Right, I think I tend to think that frames are more indicative of longevity, uh, especially when you're 21, 22. Like for the most part, guys are physically mature at that point. Anything that they're adding to the frame is probably starting to detract from the athleticism at that point. I kind of think the cement is dry on most college bodies. Uh, this is the sort of, of body that plays pro ball for 10, 12, 15 years. So we had Eric Kubota on, who's the director of scouting for the A's, and we were going back in time where he, he remembers when they only had one computer in the war room. That was it. Or they, had, they only had one computer in the whole front office. How much just has technology, analytics, all the different cameras, radar, rap soto, whether it's TrackMan, how much has all this changed the draft? It's changed it pretty significantly. Uh, that stuff is becoming more pervasive at the amateur level. High school kids are even you know, being tracked by these technologies, uh, not during varsity games, but during the summer before, during showcases at, at big events, you know, like these games that are at Wrigley Field and Petco Park. Uh, the Cubs and Padres put the track man on for those games. 
Uh, and so, yeah, it is changing. It's changing like the inputs for, for draft models. You know, there are different traits to look for now with pitchers rather than just velocity. And then, you know, spin rate is also becoming uh, less of a focal point already as, as more things are, are being learned to be influential uh, for pitcher success, things like vertical approach angle and spin axis, stuff like this is, uh, you know, these are, these are important things uh, that teams are starting to learn about and it's changing how they line up their boards and therefore who gets picked when. Yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. And now with so many kids playing in showcases and playing against each other, it's become a lot easier to scout them instead of just having to go see them play when they're they're playing high school. These showcases and these tournaments are great for scouts. It's good for scouts from a convenience standpoint. Like I love it because you know my job is mostly to skim off the top of the draft. Like you know they're they're day two we cover pretty thoroughly, uh, but you know forty rounds of a draft for my purposes are it's tough to, to get a grasp on the whole thing. And so like, it's good for me to go to an event where all the best high school players from a region or from across the country are playing, but it makes it hard for baseball to grow in places where uh, the youth talent is not as economically advantaged. Uh, if you have to travel around the country on your own dime to play in these travel ball tournaments, uh, or otherwise risk losing your amateur eligibility, you kind of have to be a rich kid to like go do a lot of that stuff. So uh, it's not great for baseball long-term, in my opinion, as far as like a way of actualizing uh, youth talent because it does sort of skim off the top of uh, like the, the, the economic scope of our country. And I think about scouting in general. We played a clip just a little bit ago from Keith Law of ESPN talking about the Houston Astros, how the Astros, they've pared down, not up. They've pared down their scouting. They're using less scouts. They're just paying people to take video of players. Do you think if the Astros continue to have great success that this could really change the game when you look at scouting and how many guys are out there actually looking at players? I think it's possible. I think that uh, Houston's thinking will become more pervasive throughout baseball. We're already seeing that, right? Like the Orioles hired away Mike Elias and Sig Magdal from Houston to, to construct their rebuild. Atlanta brought Mike Fast into their office from Houston. So like some of this thinking is going to permeate. Uh, but part of the reason Houston can get away with doing it this way uh, and it is cost-driven, partially, in my opinion, rather than uh, only thinking it's the better way of doing things. But like once this body of knowledge that Houston has built spreads throughout the rest of baseball, and people know how to identify like pitching, for instance, the way Houston has been able to identify pitching, uh, then they might just be behind at that point. Once everyone sort of knows what the secret sauce is for, you know. Uh, digging into the data, finding out what's meaningful, uh, figuring out which, which pitchers can be tweaked and changed uh, so that they can improve. Like these are things that Houston is ahead on right now. Uh, and so they don't need as many scouts right now, but once other teams get on that stuff, then Houston might just be behind because then those teams will have an army of scouts as well. And so I do think that there will be a little bit of rubber banding uh, with Houston as far as the size of their staff. Um, I'm not sure it's sustainable long-term, but they've 
they're at the forefront of a lot of interesting stuff. Um, I, and part, some of it is bias. Like, I just don't want scouting to go away. Um, so maybe you should take what I say with a grain of salt. Well, you know, what, what you said reminds me of Moneyball. You know, the A's had this advantage at one point, but then everybody started using analytics, and now you don't have that advantage. Right, right. The Right, and I think that, you know, Billy Bean has publicly said, like, a, the, one of the drawbacks of doing this is that teams that were behind uh, then caught up. And the way, like, on-base percentage is still important. We've shifted as an industry from – trying to figure out what uh, is meaningful, like what, what statistics actually indicate someone is good. Like we kind of have reached uh, the asymptote of that, like of our understanding of that. We don't, there's not uh, new stats uh, that tell us how well someone is performing at the big league level or how valuable someone is. We kind of stopped with that sort of stuff. Now it's physical. It's more granular, right? It's how much is this ball spinning? How fast is the ball leaving the bat? Um, you know, how far down the mound is this pitcher's extension? It's like, it's more granular performance data. Now it's physical traits, uh, not, you know, your body of statistical work, not your performance. So, um, the next thing, like there is just going to be another version of that. Um, and much like, you know, this, this tracking, this track man stuff, like this comes from golf, you know, like this is sort of an accident and these high speed cameras that, I mean, even at Fangraphs, like we have two high speed cameras we're taking video with now. Um, that's going to spread too. And it wasn't originally intended for baseball. It was, you know, done. I forget what Edgertronic was originally supposed to be. It's like for photographing nature or something. Um, so who, whatever the next version of this is, um, I think is going to, is going to blindside us. Perhaps it'll be something, uh, ner- like related to human neurology. Uh, but, uh, it'll be, it'll be fascinating no matter what it is. Oh, I- I'm so glad you brought up the golf aspect. Cause my brother is a teaching pro down in San Diego and my brother, because basically w- what TrackMan was, was to help sell more golf clubs to show science to help you say, Hey, if you buy these Titleist irons and you buy the balls, it's going to make your game better. And here's the research behind it. My brother was testing at Titleist in the early 90s with TrackMan. And to think that baseball, this is something recent to baseball, it's amazing how far behind baseball has been with technology. Right. And some of it is because, like, we're all so damn busy. Like, it's hard to, to have to sit and marinate on anything new uh, when when you know the, the the draft process the scouting process is like a 12 month ordeal um and you know the the other and i i saw one of the first trackman baseball presentations i was at a saber seminar in boston at the time this was so long ago now uh, i was still in college and they had a couple pitchers from MIT come out and they they set up the unit on like a big tripod uh on like one of those brick cobblestone quads uh, at boston university and the kid just threw in front of it, and we didn't know what to expect. He was just kind of reading out spin rates and velocities. We had no context for them at the time. Like, what's a good spin rate? Like, you just don't know uh, at that time. And, and yeah, uh, it's pretty incredible. I think, like, the other thing to look out for is machine learning, visual machine learning uh, is something I, I think Houston is probably dabbling in. So, uh, yeah, the R&D departments are growing. Um, and some of the money has to come out of the ops budget in other places. And yeah, I guess there's a chance it might, it might be scouting for some clubs. Eric, fascinating stuff. Really always love having you on. Let, 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 let's have you on again after the draft's done. 
Okay, yeah, sure. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart dude. Another smart dude we're going to have on tomorrow is uh, Eno Saris. So what we're going to do with Eno is, all right, Eno, let's go over one metric. And why, what, what is this metric? Why does it work? Why, why does it matter? So we can all just get smarter because that's what baseball is trying to do. Are you ready for a little buying or selling to end the program? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. You wanted me, Commander Cody, to buy either Bryce Harper or Andrew McCutcheon for the Phillies. I took Harper. Luckily, because bad news, Andrew McCutcheon, ACL torn, and he is out for the season. Yeah, I didn't foresee that happening. Uh, as a big McCutcheon guy, that's unfortunate. I, I wanted. He's to... been so durable in his career. Yeah, for what he's done, what he did for Pittsburgh with the revival, with the rebirth of baseball in Pittsburgh. Excuse me. Um, I can never thank that guy enough. I actually thanked him once when we had him on our old station, and I said, thank you for everything you did in Pittsburgh. I totally fanboyed out, so it sucks That's to see what cute. happened to him. That's really cute. Yeah, it was, it was a great moment for so me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> what do you got? All right, buying or selling, number one. We kind of already discussed this, but uh, buying or selling, more teams will follow the Houston Astros model heading into the draft, meaning they don't scout players anymore. They just use analytics and video scouting. Buying or selling, more teams are going to start to do this. I'm selling. I'm with Eric. I I think you're crazy. I mean, look at the Yankees. The Yankees have like 20 full-time employees working in their analytics. They have the biggest analytic group. And oh, by the way, half their team got injured, and they brought up a bunch of guys, and they're still winning. I think the the Yankee way is the way to go. Build up everything as big as you can. Your scouting, your analytics department. Look at the Golden State Warriors. Tearing down is not a smart thing. Okay. Buying or selling number two. The New York Mets fans have a right to be pissed at Tom Brady for trying to trademark Tom Terrific. Now, last month, Philadelphia-based Gerben Law Firm PLLC bought the light, interesting, uh, inter- yeah, in- interesting trademark file marks by TV Capital, Brady's company responsible for his TV12 brand. Brady appears to be filing for tra- filing for trademark protection for his apparent nickname, Tom Terrific. Now, if you remember, Mets fans and everyone knows Tom Seaver's nickname is Tom, terrific. Buying or selling, Mets fans have the right to be upset over Brady filing for the trademark. I'm totally buying that. Who the hell calls him Tom Terrific? I've never even heard that. I've heard like three people call him that before ever. Tom Terrific is Tom Seaver, who I don't believe is doing well. I think he either has like Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah, his family can't say he has dementia. Yeah, so no, Tom Brady. You got enough. You got enough in your life. Tom Terrific will always be. One of the great pitchers, one of the great big game pitchers of all time, Tom Seaver. All right, buying or selling number three. I'm going to save the best one probably for last. The Texas Rangers are the most surprising team of 2019. They finished 69 and 75 last season. They fired their manager, Jeff Bannister. Now they're 30 and 27, second AL West. Chris Woodward is their new manager, the former major leaguer. Joey Gallo is having a great season, hitting 276. He's a career 213 hitter. Hunter Pence is having a Breakout season again. He's, his career has been uh, re- reborn down there. And, that is unbelievable. And Mike Miner is having a renaissance. Who I don't even think he was in baseball last year. He's uh he's five and four of the two seventy four ERA and a and a WAR of three point seven. Buying or selling, the Rangers are the most surprising team. I'm a big buyer today. Okay, I mean 
even though the Yankees, it's pretty shocking what they have done with all the injuries. But I'm not shocked about the Yankees. I'm not shocked about the Rays, the Twins, the Astros, the Phillies, the Brewers. I'm looking at all the teams that are leading right now. The Dodgers. Yeah, I, I'm going to buy that. The fact that the Rangers are 30 and 27, 20 and 9 at home. They've won three in a row. They're supposed to be in a rebuild mode. So yep. I'm buying it. Okay, yeah, they're 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 really surprising. And like I said, Mike Miner and Hunter Pence are the two biggest surprises. All right, number four. Buying or selling, no one will ever top Ken Jennings' 74-show winning streak on Jeopardy. Last night, James Holzhauer, who was on a 32-game winning streak, saw his streak come to an end. He fell just $56,000 shy of Ken Jennings' $5.2 million that when he was on his 74-show run. But during that time, last night's episode, which was pre-recorded, it got an overnight rating of 10.1, which matched the NBA Finals Game 1 Warriors-Raptors. Buying or selling, no one will ever top Ken Jennings' 74-show streak. Buying or selling, that's bad for the NBA if Jeopardy is tidying your ratings. The NBA is not doing well in this postseason with the ratings, by the way. They're not, no. I, I, I'm wondering if uh, buying or selling, there's warrior fatigue around the country. I, th- I think so. I mean, I know it first. I mean, we both know it firsthand. There totally is from this side of what we're doing. I'm going to uh, I'm going to buy again. I think no one gets Ken Jennings. I think no way. I mean that that and it just goes to show that we like watching smart people. And that's until this game it was a, the guy's like a total yeah, sports he's gambler. He's a sports gambler from Vegas. So you know, watching Jeopardy, okay, you like playing along see if you can answer, but you let when someone's on a run like that, it's pretty it's it's, it's fabulous television. But the NBA, how about that? NBA, your finals are tying Jeopardy. Now, that's great for Jeopardy. I don't think it's great for the NBA. Now, I'm a big numbers guy, unlike uh, Ned Yost. That was his famous famous quote. I'm not a big numbers guy, but um, that's not good for the NBA. I agree. All right, last one. Buying or selling. Tomorrow's show will be better than today's show. There there were a ton of phone issues today. Guests not answering. And while we still have unfavorable working conditions from from our makeshift remote studio, buying or selling, tomorrow's show will be better. I, I, I can't answer that. I'm selling. This was a great show. What are you talking about? I mean, we got through it. We did a lot, of, you know, a lot of technical stuff that I worked through. You know, I'm going to pat myself and everyone else that helped on the back, uh, Joey and everyone Joey's else. Joey's so, fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't always blame Joey, but you know, I, he, I, if there, if there, if management ever comes to me with anything, I'm going. It's Joey's fault. Joey's put all this together. By the way, from the 408, Warrior fatigue right here. Sick of them. I'm telling you, it, it's it's probably what people saw in Chicago years ago with Michael Jordan, San Antonio Spurs. I think it, it with the Yankees, when it's the same thing and it's not new and it's not interesting, you know, everybody here in the Bay Area is going to be like, oh, the Warriors are the greatest thing ever. But at some point around the country, people get tired of it and they want something new. All right, that is going to do it for me. Alex Jensen and A's All Night will be next. And we're getting you ready for a little A's baseball at 6.05 on 8.60 a.m. Sports 1140 KHDK. And, of course, A's cast powered by TuneIn. 6.05 pregame, A's total access. We'll be back in just a bit. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 